Hey guys, welcome back to Just One More Opinion. I'm Charlie, and today I'll be speaking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, released in May of 2017, which is the first year where we get three MCU movies. The Guardians have been busy since 2014, so let's catch up with them. Okay. Let's start talking about the Guardians. The story of this movie actually happens just a few months after the events of the first uh, movie. The team has been working as a sort of hired gun and hired assassins and hired raccoon. Um, and we meet them on a mission, protecting these Anulax batteries from a gigantic intergalactic monster. The, the batteries are owned by the Sovereign, a civilization that is keen on upgrading themselves and creating better versions of their golden-toned golden people, led by Ayesha, the High Priestess, played by Elizabeth Debicki. And while Quill, Gamora, Drax and Rocket fight the horrible creature, Groot, or actually Baby Groot, is just <laughs> dancing around to the music and he looks so cute and his um, personality is so different from the previous Groot that makes it so it's refreshing to watch his interactions with the team um, the team which is now much more united and coordinated well for the most part anyway um, after the job is finished the sovereign realized that Rocket stole some of the batteries, so the team has just made a powerful enemy as they're pursued by remote-controlled ships with the pilots being safe in their planet and this sequence just felt like the, um, the sovereign uh, people were just playing a video game which looked fun. However, the Guardians are saved by a mysterious man who destroyed the sovereign fleet with his peculiar-looking spaceship. This man we came to learn, was named Ego, and he was Peter Quill's father, played here by Kurt Russell. Ego had been searching for Peter for decades, and when he found out about an Earthling called Star-Lord who, who held an Infinity Stone and didn't die, he realized his son was around. Of course, Peter followed his dad back to his home planet, where Ego explained to his son what he was, and what he was, was a celestial. Bah! Plot twist, bonkers, unexpected, wow, a celestial. You know, crazy. Uh, the celestials are going to be explored in the Eternals movie next year. So I'm really excited for that. But yeah, that would make Peter half Terran and half celestial, thus immortal like his father. And the story moves on from there. Um, there doesn't seem to be any conflict lurking around for now, but we we do know what was really going on. Uh, anyway, I'll get to that in a bit. Before, I want to talk uh, about character arcs, because there were some interesting things going on. First, with Rocket, there is this idea that he wants to push his friends away for some reason, make them hate him, and that's why he stole the batteries, to, to, to make them angry and why he's always rude and in a bad mood. His relationship with Peter Quill especially is quite dynamic in the sense that they 
They seem like two brothers bickering, clashing, and yelling at each other, which can be fun to watch. A very complicated but also lovely friendship. We also have Nebula returning, her goal being to kill her sister, Gamora, but her pain is rooted in something else. She does not have evil intentions, she is just broken. She feels like she's been second to Gamora her whole life, dismissed by their adoptive father Thanos, and he, and she suffered a lot because of this, up until that moment, which is why she wants to take out Gamora to finally have a win, to finally be number one. And in and out of itself, this arc is quite fascinating, as we, as we met Nebula in the first Guardians movie, and she just seemed like another vengeful side villain. But no, she, she has depth. Much like Loki, these these two characters are, are very similar, actu actually. Uh, both living in the shadow of their siblings, wishing only to be seen and valued. And usually I, I would have a problem with recycling character arcs, but here there is enough to distinguish both uh, characters. Nebula was actually dismantled and molded by Thanos so she could become a better killing machine, a better warrior, but all the upgrading felt degrading and all she ever wanted was to be an equal to Gamora and not always compared to her. In, in a heartbreaking scene she admits to Gamora that all she ever wanted was to have a sister. And I think this is why I prefer Nebula over Gamora. There's just more depth there, in in my opinion. She's a very serious, tragic character with a terribly sad backstory that has corrupted her view on relationships. Okay, now that I've talked about, about uh, now that I've talked about some good character development, what about some less good one, <laughs> a bad one? And this might be unpopular, but I thought that Drax was just done dirty in this one. We have one or two nice moments, um, some scenes where he talks about his family and his new family, but most of his input in any conversation is for just comedic purposes. And of course there were some hilarious moments in there when Drax talks about uh, dancing with Quill, how he describes his uh, excrements, let's say, and other one-liners that made me <laughs> laugh out loud. But it was this overabundance of jokes that just turned it, turned it sour for me. Literally, there were so many times where Drax was just LOLing for no good reason, really loudly, that I even believed his co-stars were as annoyed as I was. The first time might have been funny, like, oh my god, Drax is just laughing out loud like crazy. What a what a what a stupid character, what a what a guy. But um the second time, yeah, it's just dumb, in my opinion. Also he's very mean to our new character, Mentis, played by Pom Clementiev. And Mentis is just this she's a servant uh to ego. And her powers are to feel feelings and sometimes even control feelings in other people. Um, even though they have their use at times, I think they're really average 
and so is the character. Nothing against her acting, just the character in itself. In fact, Clementiev did a fantastic job when Ego is uh, doing his <laughs> his PowerPoint presentation on his origins. <laughs> if you look at her, just her, you can see she's deeply uncomfortable for some reason. We find out later what she was concerned about. So I just love that she, she Palm chose or was directed to act that way in a shot where the focus was on other characters. I just, yeah, I just thought that was cool. But before I finish this section on characters and character arcs, I have to mention the highlight of the movie, in my opinion, of course, Yondu, who Danta, who returns and is further developed as another troubled soul. The first time we see him in in this movie, in Volume 2, he runs into a former Ravager ally and mentor, Stockard O'Gord, played by Sylvester Stallone. Now, Stallone plays a small role uh, in this movie, but his line, You Broke All Our Hearts, directed at Yondu, who is now known to be an exiled Ravager, we didn't know that before, um, that just sparked something inside of him. And I gotta give it to Michael Rooker for his acting in this movie. Throughout Volume 2, he is able to put a smile on our face, make us feel pity and empathy towards Yondu. And of course, the, the finale, just, just painful stuff. It did, however, also make us all laugh out loud when he proudly referred to himself as Mary Poppins, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really funny. Um, and yeah, the scene where Rocket and Yondu talk about their similar demeanor, demeanors and uh, backstories is also very captivating. But okay, moving on. Let me quickly talk action. There's not a lot to discuss um, or that I want to discuss. The sequence where Rocket takes out a bunch of Ravagers is very clever and, and incredibly cool. It shows again how Rocket is very um, resourceful and he just knows his stuff with technology and gadgets and weaponizing stuff. Really cool. Yondu gets to use his uh, whistling arrow again and we do get some brutal stuff in that scene, sometimes even too brutal or dare I say stupid at some points. Um, and the final battle. Even though it had high stakes with the galaxy on the line again, the fight itself was a bit average, nothing too impressive. Different for sure, but um, not in any way special, in my opinion. The only re the redeemable bit to this final fight was to see the, um, the Guardians more harmonized compared to the previous f film, but yeah, that's all really. Um, so okay, let me just try and summarize the rest of the story quickly because it is doable to say in one sentence what the plot twist and following narrative is. So Ego is actually a bad guy who wants to turn everything into more of him. He needed Peter's celestial genes to complete his plan and it's revealed that Ego implanted a tumor on Meredith's head which caused her to die. Which was a very distasteful plot twist. Um, but I'll get into more of 
that in a second. The the team is able to stop Ego, who is an actual planet too, by directly attacking his celestial brain and ending his pure evil plan for for good. Uh, and as Ego dies, his planet or him, uh, they start it starts imploding, and Yondu is the one who removes Peter from harm's way by giving him a spacesuit of sorts and flying him out of there into the cold space, leaving him, Yondu, unprotected, but Quill safe. Yondu's last few words are so powerful and extremely sad, as he apologizes to Peter for not being a better role model, but tells him that even though Ego was his real father, he wasn't his daddy. Wow, but... What an emotional scene, um, tremendously heroic sacrifice, um, a lesson to Peter too, who realizes that something that, sometimes the thing you're looking for your whole life is right there by your side all along and you don't even know it. And I think we can all learn from that as well. I'm, <laughs> I'm a complete sucker for these types of family redemption stories, so this last bit really got to me, especially when they... When they used Cat uh, Stevens' song "Father and Son" for the last scene, which just just made me tear up. Uh, that song makes me a bit nostalgic as well. The whole the whole the whole soundtrack again is top notch. Um, but as for the movie as a whole, like I said, I, I had some I had some issues with, with it. I, a lot of issues actually. I mentioned how Drax was used, and I've touched upon ego. But let me let me repeat myself. It was very unpleasant to see the story unfold as it did, especially knowing kids watch these movies. I mean, there was filicide involved in the plot. Filicide. Not just hinted at, but actually shown in a horrific scene, which I just, I just think was too much, too repulsive to even display it fully. And of course, with Peter's mom as well. Again, another dark choice from, from James Gunn, the director. Also, baby Groot is basically tortured by the Ravagers and um, Yondu loyalists, his loyal Ravager uh, team, are just thrown out into space. Visceral and disgusting stuff. Uh, what was Feige thinking greenlighting this one? Not to mention Peter playing catch with Ego, which was... Which was well, not terrible, but just cringy and kind of lame, um, that there were lots of contrivances and plot holes. The only two I'd like to mention involve Baby Groot. First, why would the Ravagers leave him on the loose in their ship, if he was a prisoner as well? And why doesn't Groot understand simple instructions if his vocabulary is already good for a baby, even correcting Rocket at one time, who says Raboon instead of Raccoon? Weird. I don't know if those decisions were made so that we could laugh, but I wasn't laughing. I was analyzing, and I smelled something lazy going on. Very lazy. Anyway, before I conclude, I want to talk about some of the post-credit scenes. Uh, some of them just because there were five for the first time in any movie. One of them teased the introduction of Adam Warlock. A huge character in the comics who, who is, uh, I believe, set to appear in Volume 3. Another showed 
Sylvester Stallone's character joined by the, um, the OG Guardians, of team of, a team of um, colorful, thieving characters, much like our main team. I don't know if they'll ever do anything with those characters, but we'll see. And the other rather important one showed Groot as a teenager, telling us a lot of time has passed and getting us ready for 2018's big event. Um, you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, the other last thing I'd like to mention before giving my rating for this one is Stanley's cameo. Now, I've never talked about his cameos before, even though I love that they exist. But this one is special because it's it was a confirmation of a theory that a lot of a lot of fans had, including myself, that he was a consultant for the Watchers, these beings that oversee the universe, really, thus explaining his appearance in every movie and time period. Although there were there was a sort of plot hole in that moment because he mentions being a FedEx worker at the at this one time, which we know to be at the end of Civil War, but that movie happened in 2016 and Volume 2, a movie from 2017, yeah, Volume 2 takes us back to 2014, so uh, a bit of an inconsistent inconsistency there, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, by the way, rest in peace, Dan, you've given us so much, um, yeah. Anyway, I think you know how I feel about this one. Not one of my favorite movies, I'm afraid, uh, in the MCU. Every time I watch it, I just find something else that I dislike. So it earns a low 7 in and outside the MCU. It could have been worse if it didn't explore the themes of family and role models with Nebula and Yondu. But those did provide some actual relatability between these comic book characters and the audience. We have reached the end of this one, guys. Tomorrow, we visit a friendly neighborhood. The day after that, we await the final destruction of Asgard. And after that, we travel to a fascinating, technological African country with a very special story, so I guess the rest of the week is going to be pretty good. I wonder what comes after that, mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks for listening in, and I hope you enjoyed this one. I've been Charlie, this has been just one more opinion, and you have been wonderful. Goodbye.